How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Coming up on Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen. When you invite God into a circumstance, you're not going to fight about it. And when God comes through and does a miracle, it's going to be a bonding experience in your marriage. I think that's the key, because when you see answers to prayer, it really does build your confidence. And it's not so much about how or whatever. You know, it, to, to pray is how you develop a relationship with the Lord. use an acronym here. It's INVEST. We're all through. We're going to talk about the four areas of intimacy, and we're going to use an acronym, INVEST. Intimacy necessitates value, energy, sacrifice, and trust. That's the word INVEST. If we're going to be intimate, it means we must have value, energy, sacrifice, and trust. Let's begin with spiritual intimacy, creating spiritual intimacy. A sense of unity and mutual commitment to God's purpose for our lives and marriage and respect for the special dreams of each other's hearts. It's really, it's really uh, the closest, the, the greatest depth of intimacy we experience in marriage. V, value. I value God's purpose for your life and the dreams of your heart. Now, uh, marriage, a godly marriage is a win-win proposition. We both get there. I, as a man, I am called by God to nourish and cherish you as a wood mown body. Those are agricultural words. The word nourish means to feed to maturity, and the word cherish means to keep warm like a plant. A husband's role in the marriage is to be God's partner to bring his wife to her full potential of what God created in her mother's womb to become. Chauvinism is just simply the belief that men are more special. Men are more important. You're here for me. You take care of me and my life means something. That's not a godly marriage. A godly marriage is two people created in God's image with calls on their lives getting together and we're a team to both get to our full potential in God individually and together. I value the fact that you were created in your mother's womb to make a difference in this world and I'm your dream maker, not your dream breaker. I'm God's partner to get you there. Number two, energy. I commit to pursuing God personally and together to find and fulfill God's call on my life, your life, and our marriage. Now, we teach people how to do a vision retreat. And, uh, and we have a resource that helps people to have a vision retreat. And what we encourage people to do is go away for three or four or five days every year. Spend the mornings praying about your marriage. Praying about your lives, your marriage, your children, your finances, every single area of your life. And it takes energy. And I'm talking about energy now is spending the energy to pray together. Now, Karen and I pray together a lot. We've prayed together, you know, thousands of times in our marriage, and we've had hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of answered prayers. Let me say, you're either going to pray or you're going to worry. And spiritual intimacy, when you invite God into a circumstance, you're not going to fight about it. 
And when God comes through and does a miracle, it's going to be a bonding experience in your marriage. If you don't pray, you're going to fight. Philippians 4 says, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace that passes comprehension will guard your heart and your mind. The word guard there is the word phureo in the Greek. It means a military guard. When you pray about everything, you're not anxious for anything. We're not going to let anxiety and stress into our marriage. The answer is prayer. The answer is to trust someone greater than us. Matthew 18 says, if two on earth would agree together as touching anything they would ask, it would be done for them. That means a man and a woman. A man and a woman holding hands, praying for about their children, praying about their job, praying about the finances, praying about anything. You have the ability to shake heaven simply through your prayers. If two on earth and the peace of God, the peace of God that passes all comprehension, you shouldn't have this much peace going through what you're going through. But the reason that you have this peace is rather than fighting about it or separating over it, you prayed and you invited God into that circumstance and now the spiritual bond between you gets even closer. You, pray, you, you work at praying. You make sure that you're worshiping together, you're praying together, you're seeking God. Number three, I sacrifice the desire to only promote myself or to worry about myself. In other words, we're, we're each other's, God looked at Adam by himself and God said, it's not good that he's alone. You understand the devil never attacked Adam when he was by himself. And Adam was on the earth for a significant period of time by himself because the Bible said he named every animal on earth before Eve was created. Let me tell you, that takes a while. I tried it once. <laughs> They're still finding new species. And Adam, Adam named every species of animal on earth and it says, and there was no one found comparable to him. And so God created a woman. And then the devil attacked. The devil attacked because now Adam could get there. Eve was created to help Adam get there. Adam was created to help Eve get there. And both of us have to sacrifice our natural selfishness that we only care about ourselves. Number four is trust. I will create an atmosphere where you can share your deepest spiritual desires and dreams and know that they're honored by me. Okay, That I'll respect that. That, that I'll be careful with this. Now this is an interesting thing. Research proves that our deepest fights are on a dream level. That when we're having our worst fights, we're, we're on a dream level. An example is uh, a person who dreams of financial security, like Karen. Karen. Karen dreams of financial security. Not in a bad way, not in a materialistic way. I was her dream breaker. Because I did not value the finances the way she did, I was her dream breaker. I didn't understand that. Housework, you know, to have an orderly, peaceful life. Some people, their dream is just to have a, a nice home and a, a home that's well cared for, but their spouse is, is not respectful of that. So you're, you're not just being a slob. You're attacking a dream that your spouse has. Children, to have children who are a priority and feel loved by their parents. Some, some people grew up without it. Both parents. Some people grew up in a broken home or a home where there was high dysfunction. And their dream is to have an orderly home where the children are valued by their parents. Not too highly because the marriage has to come first. But you're never here. You don't take care of the kids, blah, blah, blah. And so you're my dream breaker. Um, Karen's, one of Karen's dreams is, is living without a lot of stress. Um, because of 
what I've done for many years in the ministry. Um, we had a tremendous amount of stress in our home when our kids were growing up. My schedule, uh, the church, and you know, I was pastoring a large church and uh, marriage today started and there was a lot of stress and Karen uh, reacted to that. And Karen's an extremely hard worker. I mean, she's, she is a very, very diligent person. I can handle stress, but she can't. And, and I, I say I can handle it. I don't handle it as well as I say I do, but I can handle it better than she can. But what I realized was that one of Karen's dreams is for us to have manageable lives that are not too stressed out. And so what I've done over the years is I've made her my partner with my schedule. And before I put a lot of things on my schedule, I sit down and talk to Karen and say, is this okay? Is this okay? We talk about my schedule, you know, two or three times a week. And she'll say, yeah, I'm fine. Her not having that stress on her that me being busy and us being busy creates, that's one of her dreams. I was her dream breaker, now I'm her dream maker. Because I care about the fact that that's super important to her. A lot of the fights that we have, we just don't realize we're touching each other's dream. It's not just an emotional level. It's not just a mental level. It's a spiritual level. There's something deep within my heart that cries out for this. And you're my dream breaker. And if we're going to have intimacy in our relationship, we've got to be each other's dream maker and listen and work at that. Number four, this is the last one, physical intimacy. Feeling as though your partner's body is your place of pleasure and delight. Closely sharing physical needs and desires and giving yourself to physically serve your spouse. I'm going to go through the little acronym here. Intimacy necessitates value. I care about your physical needs. Energy. I commit my physical energies to meeting your needs. Let me read you a scripture here. Interesting. 1 Corinthians 7, 4. Okay. It says, when you get married, you don't have authority over your own body, but your spouse does. That's not a license for abuse. It's a license for use. What the Apostle Paul is saying, this is profound now. He says, when you get married, your spouse has authority over your body to get their needs met. It's not a license for abuse now. But it means it's not your body anymore. It's your spouse's body. That's how profound the Bible is when it says they too shall become one flesh. Now, when you, when you withhold your body from your spouse, it's devastating to the relationship. If I use it as a weapon, if I use it as a bargaining chip, if I, whatever it is, if I withhold my body from you, it's going to be devastating to the relationship. Now, when, when people hear, when spouses hear that their body belongs to your spouse, men, men think different than women. Women think different than men. Men think sex. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. And um, women don't think that. Women think service. Oh boy, he has to take the trash out. He has to fetch and tote. Oh boy, I get to tell him anything to do. So women were asked, when is your husband most sexually attractive to you? And in their response, they almost always say when he's doing housework. My husband is most attractive to me when he's doing housework. Okay. This is your place of pleasure and delight. The word Eden means pleasure and delight. God made marriage to be a place of pleasure and delight. This is your place of pleasure and delight. And it means two things, service and affection. I will serve you with my body. Karen and I's marriage, and Karen's a servant and so am I. We just serve each other all day. 
You know, marriage is about being together. It's not about living separate lives on different sides of the house. It's about doing things together. So I'll be emptying the trash. She'll be taking care. You know, she'll be cooking a meal. I'll fold the clothes. I'll do this. I'll do that. But Karen, a hundred times, you know, a day, you know, Karen will say, hey, Jimmy, will you do this? Or Jimmy, will you do this? And I'll say to Karen, hey, would you mind doing this? Yeah, great. Why? Because we serve each other. That this, I'm giving you my body. And that means it's your body for the sake of getting your needs met, whether it's affection or whether it is, uh, you know, service. I will sacrifice other desires and personal comfort to meet your needs. I'll come home tired from work, you know, and I'll walk in the door and, you know, Karen will, and rather than Karen saying, you poor baby, go over there and sit down. I'll take care of you. Karen will say, I need this, 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 and this. You know, and sometimes I'm just thinking, woman, I'm out, you know, saving the world from sin. And you just need to, you know, be careful how you treat the Lord's anointed. But I have to fold the clothes and take out the trash and do all that stuff, you know. I will create an atmosphere where you can share any request of me physically and know that it will be honored and met. This is your body. This is your body. And if we're going to have intimacy, it means four levels, value, energy, sacrifice, and trust. Well, this program is on spiritual and physical intimacy. This is, comes from our Return to Intimacy seminar. You just saw the, the resource there where we talk about Anger, fear, dominance in this program is on understanding the keys, Karen, to creating intimacy. And we talk about mental and emotional, but this is also on spiritual and physical, really to have intimacy mm-hmm. in every level of our relationship. Now, we've got some questions from some of our viewers, and the first one's for you. In this uh, viewer, Karen says, Karen, I hate doing housework, but if I don't do it, it won't get done. How can I get my husband to help more around the house. That's from Jackie in California. Okay, so what's your secret? Well, um, first of all, when we first got married, you taught me how to clean house. But um, now that I've been taught, I actually love to clean the house. I mean, I'm so grateful that I like it. But if I didn't like it, it, I would feel like she does. You know, I would want you to be helping me, and you do. I mean, you're a great help around the house. And so, you know, again, we can't compartmentalize things in our marriage. Well, this is yours and this is, you know, it's, we're all, we should be a part of everything that each other does. And so, you know, yes, I understand he may work and, you know, he comes home from work and he doesn't feel like doing housework, you know, so pick a different thing or a different time for something that he can do and, um, you know, and communicate in a way that says, you know, you do such a great job at this, and I like it better when you do it than I do it. You know, I think that's one of the things I did with you. I said, you know, the way you load that dishwasher is the best I've ever seen. You know, and it's like, <laughs> and no one vacuums like you, no one. And so, <laughs> and, really, it's true. I mean, it's true. And so, you know, the men love honor. Yeah, and so you know, find a way to, to to make them feel good about you know what you're doing because. You know, housework can be drudgery for anybody, you know, so make it something that's, in, in, you know, just part of everyday life. This is what we're going to do. And, you know, just make it something more enjoyable for both of you, even if you do hate it, because it can be fun. Well, and this is something that's interesting, and I completely agree with what you just said. That's perfect. Uh, women are asking polls, when, it, when is your husband most sexually attractive to you? 
and they always answer one of their top well, answers they don't even have, is. I can answer. I know. No, <laughs> one of their one of their top answers is this. when he's doing housework. I know, but see, this is how you learned it. Uh, well, you learned how to say that because you saw how true it was. Well, when we first got married and you started doing the housework, it's like, oh my gosh, let's go to the bedroom. Well. Here, <laughs> here's what here's what I'm going to say. So this. I think I'm embarrassed this, myself. This lady, this lady's saying, how do I get my husband to do housework? Just say to your husband, honey, I just feel so romantic when I see you doing housework. Exactly. You know? and, and, you You're know, such a turn on. Well, you know, there's a there's a benefit in there for me. Now, also, let me say something to the husband here. Because we're talking about intimacy, okay? My body, in the teaching, I talked about my body is your place of pleasure and delight. God created marriage in Eden, and Eden means pleasure and delight. Okay, and so physical intimacy happens when we share bodies. Okay, well, for men, when we think about my wife's body belongs to me, it's like, yay, yay, you know, God. <laughs> and it's sex. We think about sex. But when women think about their husband's body, they're thinking chores. Mm-hmm. I, You're going to bear burdens well, for me. Well, not just chores. You know, open the door, be a gentleman. Exactly. Take care of the kids. Well, but, but the, <laughs> point, the point being is that Men need to understand how important this is mm-hmm. to your wife and understand when you get home from work, your occupation ended, but your job just started at home. Mm-hmm. And it's wrong to put the burden of housework over on your wife. It's like with me, I do help you around the mm-hmm. house. And I'm a very busy man. And But I do it because I love you and I do it because I know it's helpful for you and I don't want you to have to bear that burden yeah. alone. So men, men need to understand the importance of this. Mm-hmm. You say, well, my wife, I'm just not getting the response that I want from my wife. Do the dishes and take care of the kids and help around the house, and you'd be surprised what the payoff is there. Okay, so you you read your question. Okay. Okay, this is, says, I opened my dream business, and my wife supported the decision, but now she complains I spend too much time at work. I'm frustrated. Well, uh, he opened his dream business, and it, uh, I hope that she agrees with that, that, you know, it's it's both of their... A dream, not just his. But she says, you know, that you're spending too too much time at work. Doesn't matter if it's your dream business. Yeah. Your family comes first. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I first started in ministry, Karen, I worked too much. Mm-hmm. And what I do in ministry is obviously a very important thing. But it came before our family, and you complained, mm-hmm. rightly so. Mm-hmm. And you were fighting mm-hmm. for the integrity of our relationship, and you were fighting for my heart. And see, Jesus said, wherever your treasure is. There will heart be also. The word treasure there is thesaurus. It means where you're investing yourself. Yeah. Where you're investing yourself, your passion goes there. Mm-hmm. So see, if he's investing himself more in the business than he is in his home, it means his passion mm-hmm. is in that business rather than being in the home. So she's fighting for his heart mm-hmm. because the first of his passion and the first of his energies needs to be invested there in the home. So uh, Stan, I hope your business does well, but listen to your wife. She's fighting for the integrity of the relationship. Now we have more program coming up, but watch this. We're talking about the subject of intimacy. This uh, program is talking about physical and spiritual intimacy. But Karen, this the resource, we do a seminar called Return to Intimacy. And we're just talking about things that can inhibit intimacy in our marriages and how to remove those things. And we have one more question 
from one of our viewers that I want to, to read to you because this, you're really good at answering these kind of questions. Karen, my husband doesn't like to pray in front of other people, uh, even before meals. How can I give him the confidence that he needs? That's from Susie in North Carolina. Well, you and I kind of went through this, you know, where it was easier for me to say, you know, let's pray or can we pray? And, and you were always, it was always hard for you. To, I mean, I think most men start out this way. I think so. And so, you know, the best way to me personally that I can see even now looking back on you and I, that, it, you know, bring him into your world for issues that you're going through. And say, you know, honey, I just need to talk to you about some stuff I'm struggling with, and I need, I just want to pray about it, and then and just pray, you know, alone, just the two of you, and um, just say, could you pray for me, you know, and and you know, get him more comfortable in the intimacy of just the two of you, I agree. and it, it'll start, you know, building his confidence, and especially when he starts seeing answers to prayer, I think that's the key, because when you see answers to prayer, it really does build your confidence that says, you know, oh my gosh, you know, prayer is a big deal, and it's not so much about how or whatever, and then it, where his relationship with the Lord is, it's huge. You know, it, to, to pray is how you develop a relationship with the Lord. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the key to um, that relationship growing, you know. And so maybe it needs to, he needs to get into a Bible study where he is around other men or other couples that, you know, pray, and he hears other men pray. You know, maybe he just needs to be around more of that influence, you know, which I think would help him a lot. Um, and I just remember you, you know, um, you, when you started praying, it, it, it just brought a something into the family that was so so needed and so such a covering of security for all of us. And I think it's just so important to not diminish the fact that when men pray, it's a really important thing in the family. Well, I, I, I was fearful yeah. of praying. I was embarrassed mm -hmm. to pray. Um, just, just like this man, she's talking about him. We went to, we got married and I had just received Christ and we went to the Sunday school class and we were in the, about 20 couples in the Sunday school class. And out of nowhere, I mean, I'd been saved maybe a month, and the Sunday school teacher said, Jimmy, would you lead us in prayer? I just stopped cussing three weeks ago. You know, I, I, had, I, I, had, I had never prayed in my entire life. It terrified me. But exactly what you said is right. Start, you know, crawl, walk, run. Mm -hmm. Start by praying together. Once he gets good at doing that, he'll feel better about praying public. Sorry we're out of time. We hope that this program has been a blessing to you. See you next time. Goodbye.